This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the WWE Raw Attitude Era Review Show. Yes, today we are going to be looking at a very special episode, and I'll tell you why in a second. This is Season 6, Episode 7, February 16, 1998, and this is taking place at the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas. And the reason why this is a special episode of Raw is that this is WWE Raw Saturday night. So this is an extra episode of Raw. We had Raw the Monday before. Uh, Then we had Raw... A Saturday night, and then there's going to be another Raw on Monday. So this is very, very, very interesting, bro, that this Raw is actually on a Saturday night. Obviously, bro, I can't remember the reasonings behind this. Um, I don't know, bro, if it was a Westminster uh, dog show. I don't know. If uh, USA Network was experimenting, bro, and they wanted to try to put Raw on a Saturday night, I am sure if it was an extra program that the WWE got paid to do it. But again, man, I am just not sure of the specifics. But I'm glad we're looking at this show, bro, because we would write these shows differently. And I'll tell you why these shows would be written differently. Because we were building such a great audience at that time. We didn't want the audience at home to miss anything. And if they didn't know that the show was on on a Saturday night, they would have missed some really, really big beats. So what we were trying to give them was a good show. Uh, You know, as we always do, the effort did not change. But you're probably going to see in this show the matches are a little longer, maybe a little less storytelling. Because, again, since this is a Saturday night, uh, a lot of fans are not going to know about it. So... We didn't want to do any big beats. Um, I hope you can understand that. This is an additional show, bro. I am a little confused, man, because there was a pay-per-view on a Sunday. This Saturday show clearly follows what happened at the pay-per-view. So that's why I'm not sure if there was a Monday show following the pay-per-view Um, or there wasn't no way out. I am not sure, bro. I would have to go back and look at the date of the show prior to this one. But regardless, on a Saturday night, bro, this is going to be a little bit 
of a different show. Now, guys, before we get into this show, let me tell you, man, we got a little bit of a problem because recent studies have shown that us men, our testosterone levels are falling, bro. Now, low testosterone is linked to depression, low sex drive, weight gain. It's very important you stay on top of it. You could go to a TRT clinic, but it's expensive, awkward, and in most cases, not necessary. You just need to stimulate your body's own natural testosterone production. So it may be time for you to check out Ultimate Test Stack at LegacySubs.com. The majority of testosterone release occurs while you sleep, which is why the Ultimate Test Stack features their best-selling sleep aid recovery PM. Then Test X9 stimulates testosterone, while T-Assist inhibits estrogen. So these three products are working together, this stack, to kick your testosterone back in. You're going to feel like a new man after trying the Ultimate Test Act for 30 days. If you don't believe me, check out all verified five-star reviews on Top Rating. Legacy Sports and Nutrition is founded by three-time world champion Nick Aldis, 10-time women's champion, future Hall of Famer Mickey James, and they personally use these products themselves. If you need more insurance, they're NSF certified, third-party lab tested, made in the USA in an FDA-inspected facility. And because you listen to this show, you could save 10% off your entire order at LegacySupps.com now by using the code BRAND, all caps, B-R-A-N-D. That's LegacySupps.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. It's time to level up with Legacy. All right, man, let's look at this show, bro. Season 6, Episode 7, February 16th, 1998, Reunion Arena, Dallas, Texas, a Saturday night show. Now, JR opens up with DX is contemplating lawsuit against Steve Austin because at the pay-per-view, at no way out, he hit China with a stunner. So that's what I'm thinking, bro. If the pay-per-view was a Sunday and this wasn't already addressed, Monday's show probably didn't happen. So this Saturday is replacing Monday's show. Um, So JR is saying that we're going to get to the bottom of this on Raw on Monday. Again, bro, don't want to do it here because some people may not know that Raw is on this special time. We open up in a tag match, LOD against the Quebecers. Very, very hot crowd. I had a laugh during the match. Kevin Kelly talked about smash mouth style. Bro, that came directly from Vince McMahon through the headsets. He loved smash mouth style, bro. Um, The Outlaws come out during this match with the dumpster. They throw Hawk into the dumpster. Um, They're getting a little heat on Animal. Animal makes a little bit of a comeback. Hawk pops out of the dumpster. They chase the uh, New Age Outlaws up the ramp, and that causes the LOD to get counted out. Quebecers get a big countdown victory. 
over the Legion of Doom. Good energy in this match. Good starting match. Again, man, this was a very, very hot Saturday night crowd in Dallas. Uh, From there, we go to, um, again, telling the story of China suffering from emotional stress. Now we get into a very long China package. So you could see, bro, we're trying to fill this show, but we're trying not to give too much away, bro, because, again, the Monday night viewers might not know that this show is on on a, on a Saturday night. So we're getting a very long China package. Um, China may be suing Austin this Monday, this Monday, this Monday on Raw. We are going to follow that up. Up next, bro, we get a match against the Shamrock and Sniper. Jackal Don Callis is on color. Man, bro, Don Callis was so sharp on color. Man, he was so sharp and he was so smart. And his his, uh, vocabulary, bro, and his imagery. uh, Man, Don Callis was excellent, excellent, excellent. As I said, bro, he felt a little bit into the wrestling trap because he managed to get some heat on himself. They didn't like the fact that he didn't dress in the locker room with the wrestlers. I don't know why he didn't, bro. He used to dress in his car. But, man, that would be enough, bro, to piss people off. But we got a recon on the outside. He winds up getting heat on Shamrock. There's a little bit of a uh, double team. This match went much longer than it should have gone. Um, And again, I explained to you why, but uh, we get Shamrock over. Callis slaps Sniper after the match, much like he did to Recon last week. So there is obviously some trouble with the Truth Commission. We go to break, we come back, and there is a uh, recon promo interrupted by Sniper. This was unique, bro, because you never heard these two talk. As a matter of fact, man, I don't even recall Sniper having such a deep uh, Canadian accent. Um, But, uh, yeah, man, it, it looked like we were going somewhere with this. However, I don't remember this going anywhere. So we're going to have to see what happens. From them, we, from there, we have Mark Merrow and Sable, and they are being um, interviewed by Jerry Lawler in the ring. Sable is continuing to get huge pops, bro. And this is all really very organic because I don't think you could say we're giving Sable a push other than just putting her out there. Um, it's funny, man, because Mero's talking about something here that where it's fiction, but many years later, bro, this becomes reality because M- M- Mero's talking about he had to get um, knee surgery and, you know, he was home. And Sable was on the road by herself. Remember, bro, I told you, Mark told me to keep an eye on Sable. She was on the road by herself. Uh, That's when she wore an Austin 316 shirt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, bro, years later, 
this story would become very real as, you know, when I wasn't there, Mark was home again, Sable stayed on the road, and that's where the relationship with Brock Lesnar started. So some real uh, foreshadowing here, bro, where fiction years later becomes reality. Uh, Mark is getting real good heat here, bro. You know, Mark really knew how to be a babyface. You know, WCW, Johnny B. Baddy was over. And he's getting very, very good heel heat here. There's another flower delivery to Sable. Uh, man, when I was thinking about this, I'm like, bro, why didn't we pull George the Animal Steel out of our hat? Why wasn't he doing the old Liz Savage thing with the flowers with Sable? That would have been freaking awesome. Sable winds up cutting a promo and says to Mark, it's nice that once in a while somebody's thinking about me, and then she storms off. Uh, from there, we have a Jim Cornette NWA promo, and he's putting over the NWA strong while trying to get heel heat. Uh, telling the fans that they are not paying the proper respect to the NWA. Again, a typical great uh, Jim Cornette promo. Did Jim Cornette ever cut a bad promo? I mean, bro, honestly, did he? From there, we have the headbangs against the Rock and Roll Express. NWA referee Tommy Young is refereeing this match. Cornette is not wearing glasses ringside. I know he's going to get involved. Uh, We have Tommy Young cheating and giving the uh, Rock and Roll Express the edge, and they get awarded the victory when one of the headbangers throws one of Rock and Roll over the top rope And under NWA rules, you throw your opponent over the top rope. That is a disqualification. So that is the first hour of Raw, bro. As I said, man, you're really getting a lot more wrestling, a lot less storytelling, because, again, this is a Saturday night, bro. And I would not say we're phoning it in. Uh, because that's not how I felt about this show. But we definitely aren't doing anything major. Let's put it that way. And when I talk about, um, we're not phoning it in, Austin opens up hour two of the show. Bro, he had a really cool shirt that I had never seen before. And it really, uh, it really showcased like his ice cold blue eyes it was a really really cool austin shirt man i'm wondering if that didn't sell i'm wondering if steve didn't like it but i bet you today bro that shirt would probably be worth something if you actually have one uh jrx uh austin why did you give china the stunner this past sunday night at no way out And uh, Austin says, basically, you step between those ropes and you are mine. Um, And I I believe that, bro. You know, back then, you know, female wrestlers, you know, China wanted to compete with the men. She wanted to compete with them. Uh, And, uh, you know, obviously she got up in Austin's grill 
at the pay-per-view, and he's thunder. Austin cuts a straightaway promo at I and Mike Tyson, bro, talking about WrestleMania 14, tells Tyson, I will take that gold tooth and knock it off your head. So, again, the hype going towards WrestleMania 14, Tyson, Michaels, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Um, Obviously, bro, DX is not here for some reason. Either they were given the night off. Um, I doubt there was a another house show someplace else. I really doubt that because it seemed like everybody was on this card. So um, I guess they were given the night off again, bro, because this was a Saturday show. From there, bro, we go to Double J against Owen Hart for the European Championship. I'm watching this match, bro, and like, This is just two of the best. These are two of the best workers in the history of professional wrestling. And when I mean workers, bro, it's not about the moves. The the moves are sharp. The moves are crisp. But it's about the two of these guys telling a story in the ring. Uh, prior to the start of this match, the NWA is sent to the back. I had a pop because uh, Jim Ross pointed out that Cornette is allowed to stay ringside because he has a manager's license, bro. The old manager's license. So that really popped me. Um, uh, I, I like a little line, a little dig. Um that uh, JR had here, he said, uh, when when uh, Double J got nailed, he said, you can feel that in Music City all the way back at Daddy's house. And again, JR was referencing uh, Jerry Jarrett, who just, you know, sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago. But that's what he's talking about, bro. Music City, Nashville, Daddy's house. Um Cornette gets put in the sharpshooter in this match after Jeff Jarrett taps out as Owen puts him in the sharpshooter. Then Cornette gets put in the sharpshooter. Bro, this was a little kabuki-ish because I'll tell you why. Owen puts Jeff Jarrett in the sharpshooter. You don't really see Jeff tap, but then Cornette slides in. Owen gets off of Jared and gets on Cornette, calls for the, uh, puts the sharpshooter on Cornette. The referee calls for the bell and awards Owen the victory. So we, we don't know if Owen gets awarded the victory because Jeff tapped out. I never really saw Jeff tap out or because of a disqualification. I think sublim- subliminally, They wanted us to see Jeff tap out, but Jeff actually never tapped out. So that was a little, uh, a little interesting, um, little interesting uh, gimmick there with the finish of the match. From there, bro, we go to a Michael Hayes package. Remember Mean Street USA, bro. The uh, the um, Freebirds, bro, were over huge in Dallas. Huge in the Sportatorium. We get a huge uh, package, Michael Hayes. We get Michael Hayes' music and entrance. He is going to be the guest ring announcer. 
bro, I know something's up here. And again, bro, in typical WWE fashion, the rib is on Michael Hayes as there is a blackout. And here comes Kane in the hero's hometown. Choke slams Michael Hayes, hits him with the tombstone. Tombstone, typical WWE ream, uh, uh, a ribbing, bro. That still goes on to this very day. From there, bro, we get Sonny as the guest ring announcer. We should have sent Kane again. That would have been pretty freaking funny, bro. I swear to God, w- w- one thing that always was a turnoff to me with uh, Sonny when she was the ring announcer was her voice, bro. She almost got into like a Vince McMahon, very, very graspy voice. And it was very uncoming and not at all sexy, not at all sexy, but she is dressed very uh, uh, revealing in this segment. She's here to introduce a, uh, I was going to say X division, a light heavyweight division between Brian Christopher and Parada Morgan. And as Christopher is coming to the ring, he looks at the camera and says, I went out and I got me a Mexican, bro. Can you imagine that? 24 years, 25 years later, bro. Can you imagine? But uh, Christopher and Morgan take on Aguila and Taka Mishinoko. The babies go over. Again, bro, I ain't going to lie to you. This was nothing but filler. Filler, 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 filler. From there, bro, we go to Rock's music and entrance. And uh, I'm sorry, the the nation music and entrance. Farouk is wrestling. But we go into a Rock promo where he gives Everybody in the nation, a brand new Rolex. Mark Henry, comma, D'Lo Brown, three $15,000 Rolexes, but that ain't nothing, bro. Because he's got something very, very special for Farouk. It's wrapped up in wrapping paper. Farouk opens it, and it's a huge poster of the rock. Obviously, Farouk is not happy. We're continuing to tell this story. Uh, His opponent is Steve Blackman. Uh, During the match, Farouk, um, his attention is drawn by Rock, who's holding up that picture of himself. That enables Blackman to get the win from behind. One, two, three. Keeps Blackman's undefeated streak going and keeps the tension within the nation, especially between Rock and uh, Farouk going. Right after this match, we go to locker room of of the nation. We get a word from D'Lo Brown, who assures us that everything is fine as the yelling and screaming is taking place behind the door. From there, bro, we have our main event. Again, bro, would never be a main event on the uh, uh, on a Monday night show, there would have been a thread. There would have been a uh, beginning, middle, and end. We would have paid it off here. But again, bro, this is a different show because it's on a Saturday night. So we have Luna and Goldust making their entrance. And here comes Mark Merrow with no sable. 
and they're going to be teaming up against uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. I love the way during this match, man, JR makes reference to Terry Funk and uh, Jerry Lawler in an empty arena match back in, in the Memphis days. That was the match that inspired me with the halftime heat, bro. Uh, the empty arena match with Mick Foley and uh, The Rock. I saw that match, and I fell in love with it. Guys, if you can find that match online, go find it, man. It is absolutely incredible. During the course of the match, Sable comes down. Uh, Sable comes to the ring. People are going nuts. I, bro, I swear to God, you, you think I'm bullshitting with Sable. Watch these shows and how over she is. She is so freaking over. And she's not a wrestler, bro. She ain't a wrestler. She definitely looks good. She definitely has attitude, but she ain't a wrestler. Uh, Luna winds up destroying the flowers refer- of Sable. Sable's got to be kept away from Luna. The referee goes over. Uh, Cactus gets a chair, bro. Nails Goldust with the chair. And Chainsaw Charlie, one, two, three. Baby's over. Referee never sees it. Big melee at the end of this match, man, with Sable trying to get to Luna. That is what we are teasing, bro. Sable and Luna. So as you can see, bro, We're still building up stories throughout this entire show, but this is not your typical Monday Night Raw. And, you know, bro, it's funny because with AEW, when they switch a time, it's usually later on in the night. So it's the same night. It's just a couple of hours later. This is a completely different day. So a lot of people are not going to know that Raw is on Saturday night. I just don't want you to think we phoned it in because we didn't, bro. I I promise you, nothing that I was involved in ever got phoned in. But we already set the stage for next week, bro. Is China going to sue Stone Cold Steve Austin? What is DX? Gonna have to say about what happened in No Way Out. That is it, everybody. There you have your review. Thanks for joining me, man. I'll see you all next week. <laughs>